Good morning, Minecrafters, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 19, Separate Work and Home. So what's interesting is I was just kind of grabbed a book out of my library, because uh, I do that, and this is a, an old one, you know, the, a series, actually, Richard Carlson's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, which, you know, with family, with money, blah, 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 blah. I th- were mostly written back in the in the nineties, and I was just kind of reading through it, and it just gave me an idea because he talks about way back then the importance of separating work and home, which then brought me back to you know that era, and actually even earlier. And I remember, you know, as an undergrad college student at St. Mike's back in the eighties, you know, it seems like back when the you know uh, dinosaurs were roaming and. Glaciers were shifting and the earth was covered with ferns. But anyway, you know, obviously uh, pre-cell phone culture, you know, there was a car phone here and there, but pre-cell phone culture. And, you know, I was reading uh, in Richard Carlson's book back in the 90s of one of his big tips back then, which are very applicable, was, um, you know, with separating work from home was to have two different phone lines. So I couldn't know because that's obviously you know, dated itself at, at this point. And I actually had some memories from back then, like in the 90s, you know, we might call, let's say, the mechanic or something. And they had this phone out of their house. So, you know, be, um, you know, we'll press one for, you know, David's mechanics and towing, press two for a haircut, press three for Avon cosmetics, you know, and that sort of thing. You know, so even though landlines for, I think, the general populace, you know, are all but extinct. What's strange, I got to thinking about this, is that, you know, the, the context has just changed. It's, you know, but the, the premise and what we need to do really isn't, it really isn't different. And, you know, one of the things that, which still holds true definitely, again, the context has just changed, is way back when I was at St. Mike's as a first year, we, I was on the cross-country team, and we all got sent to attend the time management workshop, which was a really great idea. Since we're all, you know, 18 and in this buzzing, wonderful atmosphere surrounded by, you know, lots of, lots of kids and fun and choices and things to do. And, you know, just, and it was a really great idea to have us go to this time management workshop. And one of the things was also about uh, scheduling time for relaxing. And it wasn't even like this booming well-being thing we have going on now. It also wasn't to that extent. It was just to, you know, carve in you know, some time for relaxing. And another big piece to that was to not study where you relax, where your brain associates with rest. That part has not changed at all. You know, so back in that, back in the, back in the day, as they say, right, we're in a a dorm room. And of course I was, you know, still in Northern Vermont then at my beloved St. Mike's. And so that also meant since we didn't have computers at all, it's hard to go. I know quite uh, certainly dating me, obviously, we had to walk across campus to go to the library. There was no, you know, staying in your comfy fleece jammies, you know, at your desk, you know, finding all sorts of information. We had to wrap ourselves up like a burrito in Gore-Tex and go trudging across campus and, you know, below zero temperatures for a good part of the, of the uh, second semester with, you know, winds and everything like that. And however, it was so much healthier to actually muster up the strength, you know, to get across campus, be in the library, because it had this automatic line drawn in the sand. 
whatever's not done by the time I leave the library isn't getting done because I don't, computers don't exist yet, at least not for everybody. We didn't have them. They weren't there until I think my senior year. So no computers. So there was this automatic boundary set. It was, you know, looking back, that was beautiful because it kind of, you know, took things out of our hands and kind of enforced when you leave the library, you're done. You know, unless you want to read a little bit, which is fine, but you, you weren't, you know, you weren't going to be all plugged into the microfiches, and that's really dating myself. It was over. Boundaries set. Go home and rest now. And the minute you walked into the dorm room, you know, the brain just unconsciously knows that I'm done now. The day is coming to a close. It's time to unwind and relax. You know, go chat with somebody down the hall. You know, call call some call home on the. And that would have been a payphone in the hallway. So just a much different deal. But the thing it was, it was, it was, it was implicit. It was just, it was there. And we didn't have to work at the boundary setting like we do now. And I'll tell you, there's been a bunch of webinars. In fact, I feel like webinar woman lately. Um, and though I much prefer in person, not that I'm not totally enjoying these podcasts, I am because I love that it's that it's just audio. It's got kind of a, a you know just a nice quality to be able to be out gardening or doing whatever and listening or. I'm sitting on my couch like I am right now in the living room having a conversation with everyone. I think that's that's excellent. Though I do like that we can take it with us and just be on a walk or something like that. Um, though with the webinars, I, I'm certainly an in-person person. I am enjoying them because I, um, though it's not ideal, we're in the pandemic and you know this kind of the, the medium for connection we have, we're still connecting it in some way. And it is very nice to meet all these parents Um you know, uh, online. And one of the main themes has actually been this. It's been, you know, navigating, you know, being, you know, still in this, still in the Rona situation almost a year later. You know, I think all of us were sprinting and we you know, thought it would be over by now. And now it's um, seeming like it's ending, but nobody really knows for sure. And, you know, that whole thing, you know, and then because this has been going on since March of 2020, a lot of us have Rona fatigue, right? We're just tired. So we're now, and we've become conditioned. We are creatures of habit. And, you know, I've, I've been hearing a lot about from my college students as well as their parents now, because I've been engaging with their parents like the last six weeks. I mean, I do anyway intermittently, but it's been a condensed reach out to parents. And there's just a lot of, of you know, main theme around lack of motivation, lack of structure, definitely mental health issues from the loneliness and isolation. And, and so I'm going to bring some of these strategies in because I think we're not always, we're not always realizing that some of this is really, some of it is not an easy fix. Although some of it is by helping the brain to return to the, to a place where it knows what's going on, which right now for most of us, it really doesn't. And separating our work from our home lives or, you know, basically our, uh, what we what we what we do, whether it's studying or working or a combination of both, from where we we associate with relaxation, rest, and leisure. You know, it's interesting too because you know uh, it's not that like we don't know this. Sometimes it just helps to have someone map it out for us and you know to validate us. So um, on this PowerPoint for the webinar, one of the first things I have there is get up in the morning around the same time. It doesn't mean it needs to be a military drill. 
every day up at, you know, 6.31 a.m., you know, and, and then go run through a swamp. No, it doesn't mean that. It means, however, basically the same time. So let's say, let's say it's seven, basically seven. The brain really, really needs that, especially now in the, in the States and the world over, because I, I don't, I don't think it's different. Everybody's still pretty concerned with the Rona. There's lots of shutdowns and lots of still being virtual or, or having hours changed and all that sort of thing. Very, very important to wake up at the same time like you would if you were going to to school or work or whatever combination. And even if there's, you know, or and also we have a lot of erratic schedules. I know I'm starting back uh, uh, in person this week with my with my wonderful uh, rock star students, and I can't wait. And it's still going to be like you know a couple of long days, virtual day in the middle. So there's a lot of gray area. And it's important that if it's a day you're virtual versus in person, you're still getting up, okay? And if you can have some kind of routine, the waking up part is good. If you read the paper and have a nice big tall cup of caffeine, good, savor it, savor the warmth. We've talked about that. If there's a way to involve some some early morning movement there, it's just a bonus, a total bonus. A walk, um, our youngest, uh, who's in college, got a really good habit of a 15-minute yoga routine in the morning, just 15 minutes, you know, watching the TV, get out the yoga mat. And if if you can add that small little bit of, you know, fresh air or something in the morning, that's just even better. I'm talking neurologically speaking, holistic health, mind-body connection. If you can add that, it's just it's just great. So then, then after the morning routine, if it's the newspaper, cup of coffee, or hopefully uh, a yoga routine or a walk, and then shower, right? Get dressed. I know that sounds ridiculous. It sounds so basic, which just shows how we become so fatigued and so fogged over, myself included. I will humbly admit that I got wrapped in it for the first few weeks when the world closed too. I think I mentioned earlier uh, in different episodes, or maybe one episode, my colleagues and I were joking, you know, on Zoom in our meetings about changing our night jammies to our day jammies when, you know, everybody's laughing because everybody can relate. We can relate. You know, it gets so easy to thinking every, you know, to kind of think, start thinking every, every day is Sunday morning. And we're trying to work and be productive or study and be productive. This is so confusing to the brain and we are just, it's just basic facts. We are not going to be our best selves, you know, our best perfect, meaning our best professional selves, our best student selves when we're sitting there in fleece pajamas at, you know, two in the afternoon. We just aren't because the brain is in a different mode. You know, and it's also important to mention and not to, not to minimize some because because I know it's it's been a chit chat with my friends slash colleagues too that um, in all seriousness it's not going to be that easy to uh, to get up and get dressed and do all that and jump back in you know especially with it with a schedule that's mixed because we are so so used to it and we are creatures of habit and remember it's about twenty one days for a habit to shift and stick. And also remember that it gets easier along the way. So um, I would say to, you know, really, and for myself included this week, right, be gentle with ourselves and not to say, what's the matter with me? You know, like, this is such a low bar. I'm having trouble just getting up at the same time every day. 
I'm used to taking a shower in the afternoon or maybe even at night before I go to bed. And if we're all honest, we can get to a couple days being virtual, going completely without a shower and throwing a hat on. And it's important to be gentle with ourselves, realizing that the entire world has been through a trauma with the pandemic. Again, never mind, you know, uh, all the additional ones, anyone, any families of color who have also had ongoing, you know, racism, that's that trauma. And as well as, you know, that that's generational trauma, in addition to anything that may have happened to any of us as children. And we really need to cut ourselves some slack with having it feel difficult to start getting a routine of getting up every morning around the same time and getting dressed like we're in it to win it. And I have to chuckle because when I was looking uh, for the images from my PowerPoint that I just did, uh, well, actually a bunch in the last few weeks, like I said, pretty much every week, the last five or six weeks. And when I, when I kind of Googled the uh, images for, you know, working at home dress code or attire or something like that, most images were of young men with a nice dress shirt, maybe even a tie in the top half and very scantily clad on the bottom half. You know, and then uh, when I kind of Googled the working from home piece for the images for that, for those webinars, I saw so many images, one after the other of, you know, uh, college students, definitely, but also seasoned adults like myself, the fabulous 56 and everyone between 30s and 40s and um, sitting on their beds. Some had kind of those lap trays um, that had, you know, a latte or a glass of wine even. And it's it's not the it's not the latte and the glass of wine actually. If some any of us who work at night, that's just fine, um, or up early in the morning uh, with the latte situation. Uh, the, those sitting on the bed part is just so bad, and you'd see them all comfortable in jammies. There was one particular picture of a young man who was like under the cover, like completely almost you know pronate on the under the covers on his laptop, and whether. You know, he's a he's a student doing homework or, you know, a professional person. There is no way that that is best self is coming through because the brain is so confused. And so this is probably one of the worst, 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 worst things we can do um, is to be working on our beds, even in the bedroom, which is a little tougher for college students because their desk is there. But at least. Not ideal. It's better to do the old school trudge across the campus. That's a tough sell these days. Uh, but at least if there's a corner of the room, you know, with a, with a desk or something, and ideally a common area in the dorm that maybe is just down the hall. Um, but to sit on a bed as a young adult, you know, 30s, 40s, seasoned adult, older adult, whatever, is just the number one not to do. And again, this is from a cognitive, you know, neurological standpoint that this just has the brain so incredibly confused. And now it's mixing, you know, re relaxing with with working, which means that you're you're really not either place ever. You know, either you're you're not there is no there's no relaxation because you're, you're getting pieces of relaxation while you're doing productive things. And there's just there's no you know, there needs to be kind of like a brick wall on one side is doing the work and on the other side is re the relaxation kind of as much as possible. Um, what is also a good idea is then to have it, you know, like an early evening routine. So hopefully that involves dinner 
And depending on your, your various stages out there, of those of you who are listening, that might be going to the cafeteria, you know, with college students, maybe, you know, preferably try not to take everything to go now that we're starting to get out a little bit because that connection piece is also important. Though to eat dinner at about the same time, if you're at home with a partner, you know, um, and, you know, family with kids to eat dinner together is just so important. And we're, we're saying be- to set the bar, do the best you can, right? Kids might be teenagers or little or a mix or first years or a blended family. And, you know, you know, obviously in an ideal world, most nights, you know, five or six out of seven would be fabulous. And I, I know I had an, a New York Times article years ago, which I wish I kept, um, I mean, ages ago. And that was the number one for um, having children, you know, become successful adults. And success was defined in a really great way. It was so long ago, I don't remember how, but it was, you know, well-adjusted and happy and, you know, just all of it, good citizen, everything. And eating dinner together with no technology on, none, zero, no TV in the background, no technology um, is the best way to go. And with our current circumstances, things being so little chaotic across the United States and world, setting the bar, doing the best we can might be every other night or even just one night. If there's one night with a partner or a child or the whole crew or whatever, you know, and have it be special. You can alternate who cooks or alternate, you know, even different ethnic cuisines or whatever. But the whole point is to have that be a closure, a beginning of the closure to the day that is just so important. Even if it's pizza, who cares? As, as it's kind of letting the brain know this is this is a time for, for me to have a break, some social connection, and to just enjoy uh, to just enjoy that one person or 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 the family or a group of students or whatever to just have some time for my brain to be off and to and to nourish my body um, surrounded by people I care about. You know, and this this kind of just has a little sidecar note that, uh, you know, food is often about more than just the food, right? Lots of cultures across the world have given, you know, or have, you know, have, have food is way more important than actually nourishing the body. And I grew up around uh, Italians in my neighborhood, particularly this one family that, um, you know, my best friend from growing up is from. And I really got, I was really exposed to this wonderful culture and the foods just went on and on and on, especially at the holidays, but even on a regular day, it was a big deal to sit down as a family and it was a slow process. Out came this, out came that again, on an average Wednesday night or something. And, you know, if there's a way to do that, whatever that means for you to really, um, as they say, break bread with, even if it's breaking pizza with somebody or somebody's you really care about. This is a fantastic way to to really be supporting the mind-body connection during these challenging times. So then in addition to waking up at approximately the right, you know, the, the right time, the same time each and every day is close to, if you can set your alarm for 7 a.m. or whatever it is that your body rhythm is, that's just great. If it is the same time, getting dressed, doing what you need to do, um, taking a lunch break again with a power walk, if you can do it, you know, and then we talked about the dinner thing being so important in addition to all of this. And also, um, okay, we'll get back to the phone actually in a minute. Cause that has changed from what I 
first read Richard Carlson from way back in the 90s in his book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff with a Family. He said it's it's he's not talking about the phone line thing. He said, in addition to that, there's just the organizational piece, because when we have a separate workspace, which, you know, some of my colleagues have a whole separate little room, you know, designated. Uh, if you've got a bunch of kids that may not work or part partner who's also virtual. But again, if you can set aside a corner that's just yours to call your own, it can help so much. And Richard Carlson's talking about the organizational piece. And I know uh, for with my ADHD, I don't know if anything bothers my head more than clutter. I honestly do not. And so to be able to keep my folders and also keep it so simple, you know, just have what you need right there um, to do what you need to do virtually or to prepare for the next day if you're in person wherever you work because it's so important. And he says, the more you're able to keep your work separated from your home life, the less often you'll lose or misplace things. Amen, brother. Because I need definitely still need to work at external organization. He's especially with everybody home. He said, you'll know where to find your date book, or of course now phone, right? Your projects, phone numbers, and other important information. Things won't be so likely to get mixed up. You'll think of your workspace as just that, your workspace, and your home will be yours to enjoy. You'll feel more organized and less stressed out. Now, Mr. Carlson is fortunate enough because he, he talks about it in his book that he can, he has an office upstairs in his house and not all of us, you know, have that luxury. You know, if you do, great, because he literally talks about, you know, it's almost like he's leaving work. He, he's up there for the day, I think it comes down for lunch or whatever. And he when he's done for the day, actually, it's kind of like leaving work. He leaves from upstairs to downstairs. Probably most of us don't have that luxury, though. We can still make that work within our own, you know, context and what we're able to do. We can, uh, this is what I say to my students, actually, give yourself a realistic amount of time. Realistic means to set ourselves up for success. So if you plan to study from what's, because they're on a different schedule, right? They're later, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at your desk without any, you know, distractions, hopefully, whatever is not done by 10 p.m. is not getting done. It means you have to wake up early in the morning, so be it, but to draw a line in the sand. And the same is true for us seasoned grown-ups. So I know for us in this house, at least for me, uh, my husband's been doing it along with me as well, though, whatever is not done by 8 p.m., I'm talking about virtually in the house, right, in, in the workspace, is not getting done. And if there's something that's pressing that's due tomorrow, it might mean, and this has happened, that I get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, grab that extra hour, hour and a half back. And and that's it. But it's so important to, to walk away from quote unquote work, even if that's in the corner of a living room or downstairs in an unfinished area, to be able to, just like you'd walk out the door of an office building and leave it there. And I also share with you one thing we did for our youngest, who's currently a junior in college. And like most of most college students, they were sent home early. This is last semester. So far, so good this semester. But, you know, uh, we were trying to brainstorm what was a way to really help her be successful. And like myself, she, she uh, is wired for uh, an attentional difference, right, uh, with distractions. And so her room, thankfully, is kind of off to the side downstairs. So she is kind of separate and in no way do we live in a state. I don't want to 
paint that picture. It's just, you know, regular house with regular space, but she's kind of off to the side. And I, so we tried to jazz it up like a dorm and we, oh, I went and bought um, or ordered online a little kind of like a little table that's uh, separate from her desk where she could read and separate um, her studies from that little table. And uh, also I bought an intercom, which might sound over the top, but it really has worked out really well because I didn't have to go down and bug her. She could, uh, she could, you know, she could um, bunker in and, and do her classes because she had back-to-back classes. You know, I forget her schedule now, but it was back-to-back classes, had a tiny little window for lunch. And this way, she, it was, she also had some autonomy because she could, when she was done, she could come up and grab a snack without me you know, asking, you know, walking through there with laundry or whatever like that. And I think it was $49 on Amazon. That was it. And the, the other, the little, uh, little other box was upstairs by the kitchen. So I could just call her, you know, you want me to bring you down, you know, a, you know, a, a cup of tea or something. And it worked out great because, uh, there was, she had her space and she had some autonomy and it was worked for everybody. And it, uh, what a great idea. You know, on the seasoned adult end, uh, this could really work too. If somebody does have a workspace, even if it's even if it's kind of like a, a walk-in closet, you, you took over having that little forty-nine. Not that that can't be a lot of money. Sometimes I'm not saying that, but wow, I can't tell you how great that was for the boundary thing and peace of mind, and it really helped her. So I'm thinking our daughter Delaney. I'm really thinking that um, for somebody who does have a separate workspace at home, that could work like a charm for you. And then I'll say, if you have to do Zoom meetings, for the most part, at least for the ones that are really important, I would say, turn your camera on. We're hearing a lot about, you know, give your brain a rest and all that. And I think that's good with maybe the the lower, low priority calls to just get on your phone and maybe you can go outside and still listen. That works. But for the rest of them, I actually would say the opposite. Uh, to turn your camera on because it also gives us that feeling of we're at work, we're professional, and even more importantly than that is the connection because we are have such limited connectivity to each other right now and we're wired for connection that at least this is a way to connect and look at each other. And what a lot of people don't realize too is when their camera is off, they can see everybody else, but everybody else can't see you. And it's that isn't, you know, that's hard. It's very difficult to have a conversation with a black square on everybody else's end. It's just not as connected. And so I think what I would say with that is is to, you know, it's a gray area. Keep it on when it's important because it's good for everybody. And then those less important calls to just be on the phone, you know, Bluetooth and it walking around outside, or I think is a good idea. Balance. And, you know, the other big push for the workspace, again, with within however you can do it, if you're in a one one bedroom, you know, or studio apartment in New York City or, you know, Venice, one of my second favorite cities or second favorite city. Actually, that's a hard one. I'm also a big fan of Dublin and uh, Galway. That's hard. Okay, so we'll, say, we'll just say one of my favorite cities. If you're in a, a one bedroom or, or studio apartment someplace and it's a corner, totally fine. Uh, and this is one thing isn't due to the Rona situation, new due to the Rona situation for me, because I've partially worked out of the home kind of along the way. And the boundary thing, even before the pandemic has been a lot, especially if you have little kids home. And I remember when I was home with my, with my kids way back when, cause they're all in their, you know, twenties, one's almost 30 now. 
you know, people just assume that you were like off with your feet up in a, in a, you know, in a big glass of lemonade or something, uh, you know, asking to do this, this, that, this and that, not realizing you had 107 things to do. That was one thing, just boundaryless. And, um, but also it just makes it more, has made it more challenging with my ADHD issues is working out of the house when you don't have a workspace that you have designated just for that purpose. It's so easy to make calls in the living room and do this and then walk back and forth. And then all of a sudden you see a pile, you see a pile of laundry. So for me, that's all shiny object stuff. Not that that's shiny per se, but it grabs my attention. So just throw in a load of laundry. And then all of a sudden you see, oh, somebody left a few dishes in the sink. You might go, oh, well, I should really leave them for them. They, they need to get it that, you know, um, there's no maid service. They need to take care of themselves. You go back, run that dialogue through your head. Then you look at them again, realize you can't stand looking at them. And how are you supposed to get anything done when there's dishes in the sink and you do that? Then, then all of a sudden you walk by, you know, some unopened mail. So you do that. That reminds you that you need to go to the mail. So you might jump in the car and go mail the letters, yada, 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 yada. And meanwhile, you know, a lot of valuable life minutes are being lost and the time efficiency is not great, which therefore means less time for actual leisure. Whereas if we just have the workspace hammered out with our designated amount of time with a regular clock right there, hopefully the phone is turned off, have a regular clock right there. And this way we are able and le or learn to compartmentalize like that. We're actually saving our valuable life minutes to completely be off. Even if it's for half an hour for a walk, like, you know, let's say lunch and then walk, let's say an hour, then from 12 to one, you're not partially doing anything. It's you're done. And now you're relaxing and eating and enjoying your life minutes all the way to one o'clock. And it's such a better use of our life minutes than just letting these life minutes just leak away all over the house. And for me, as I mentioned, one more thing about the workspace is to keep it decluttered. Again, even if that's just a desk, I say the same thing to my students. You want limited anything that will stimulate your brain there. It should be feng shui, very spartan. That, you know, the clutter within leads to clutter without, and the clutter without leads to clutter within. Either way, it takes away from our creative, productive energy. In addition to that, as someone with ADHD on the extreme end of the spectrum of that, it just hurts my head. And it can affect mental health because it's just so too much to take in. And then, you know, lastly, from a cognitive, you know, neurological standpoint, it's really important to have an actual good night routine. If you have small kids or teenagers at home, even young adults at home, it's also good to role model this for them. It's good for us and it's good for them because the brain needs to know when the day is completely over. So you have the dinner routine and then you're doing whatever you're doing. And then you actually have the good night routine that signals that, that the night is over. Drawing a line in the sand, the brain knows it's time to go to bed now. And, you know, hopefully it, it, it's a, the best best practice, we'll say, to keep all screens off for about three hours before bed. If that's not realistic, especially with college students, then two hours, one hour, at least, at least one hour, uh, because we know that these contribute to insomnia, which is also an issue with a pandemic, people unable to fall asleep and stay asleep. So, um you're keeping away from all screens at night before going to bed is a good idea. Again, do the best you can with that. Set the bar always best you can. It's adjustable. We like that because we want to set it where we can reach it. 
Also, um, for the tea drinkers out there, well, chamomile tea isn't a bad idea. Um, any hot bath takers, this is also a good idea because all that heat and warmth not only soothes the spirit, it also signals the brain that the day has come to a lovely, you know, wind down and and close and and end and the day is done and we can now rest and have a nice good night sleep. You know, and then and realizing that by you know really establishing these these clear boundaries between work and home, that we are actually salvaging valuable life minutes. You know, we're more productive, more creative, more innovative, all of it, and and then we are then able to to use our valuable life minutes, all those saved, to be have time alone to ourselves, to go for a walk, to write in a journal, to have a hot bath or whatever, and also to plan something, you know, fun. Even if in the Rona, it's just spending time with a partner or kids on a walk outside or whatever it is. We now have that time when we've separated work and home because we have saved these life minutes for leisure. And not only that. Are we more, you know, creative, productive, innovative, and do we have more leisure time? We are also overall just less stressed out, excited about life and excited about what we're doing. So on that note, I will say to all my Minecraft listeners out there in the United States and world, thank you all of you very much for listening. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.